We'd like to thank LawPay for their support of this show. LawPay's online payment solution was developed specifically for lawyers to correctly separate earned and unearned fees so you can accept credit cards in compliance with ABA and IOLTA guidelines. A proud member benefit of the State Bar of Texas, LawPay is trusted by more than 50,000 lawyers and integrated with more than 30 practice management solutions. Schedule a demo today at lawpay.com forward slash Texas demo. Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer. Hi, and welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast. Social media has been a hot topic for years now. We hear stories about surveillance, tracking, and hacking through social media. As lawyers, we often discuss the evidentiary issues surrounding social media. You know what I mean, those cases where a litigant claims to have debilitating injuries, only to later post videos of themselves hiking up Mount Rainier. (laughs) You know what it is. I know you do. But can we as lawyers use social media to enhance our practices? Well, according to many speakers on the Adaptable Lawyer Track at the State Bar Annual Meeting, the answer is yes. But what about community? Can lawyers effectively use social media to build a community of professionals? Well, let's find out. Today's guests have done just that. Andrew Tolchin is a solo attorney and mediator in Houston who has served as the State Bar Director. Michelle Chang is a partner at Whitehurst, Harkness, Breeze, Chang, Alsafar, Higginbotham, and Jacob in Austin, and is also a former State Bar Director. We've got, we've got some celebrities amongst us. Together, in their obviously very ample spare time, <laughs> they run the Texas Lawyers Facebook group. Let's find out more about it. Michelle and Andrew, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about this group a little bit. When did you guys start this up? Or, or was it both of you? One of you? Tell us about that. Well, I'll start. Uh, Andrew here. Uh, the group was started back in 2014. I'm the one who initiated the group. There came a point where uh, operating the group as a solo was difficult because you have to sleep and you can't be there 24-7. So I invited Jason Rowe, who is not on the call, and Michelle Chang, who is on the call, to serve sure. as administrators, and they both uh, accepted. And and how long, Michelle, have you been an administrator? Oh, gosh. It was sometime, I think, in late 2014. Do you remember, Andrew? It was probably early early 15. It could have been January. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, that's... it was. Uh, I, I think I recall Andrew was going on a vacation, and so he needed some backup, and that was about the time that he asked us to join him. You're right. It may have been Thanksgiving of 14. We were going on a cruise on Thanksgiving. And so you invited Michelle to be an administrator, and then either you never either you never relieved her or she never left. We're not sure, right? It's going to be one or the other. We have a very good policy. I simply <laughs> will not remove one of them. They have to remove themselves, and that would be a very difficult thing to do. They overrule me. They have free reign to overrule me and frequently do. Uh, if they just vote and I lose the vote and I adhere myself to what they decided. Well, and then it's it's great because then you can you can blame each other. It's like, look, I got outvoted, right? So you, you can you can deflect responsibility. Andrew, this is smart. I see what you're doing here. This is this is good lawyering on your part. Yeah, but we don't publish to the group the votes. The the decisions are the decisions, but we know what they are between ourselves. So then you can deflect blame internally. So that's even better. This is I, I, I'm starting to see more and more layers of the genius that you have 
that you've put into this. So how did the idea come up though? So, you know, it's been what, about five years that you started this group. What prompted you to start a Facebook group for lawyers? Well, there had been Facebook groups for lawyers before. Uh, the way that some of them were being managed uh, may not have been uh, as cohesive as, as maybe they could be. Okay. And so I decided to create a one-size-fits-all group with uh, delineated standards that would be applied, and it seems to have functioned well. What was the vision when you set this up? I mean, what, were you, what did you have in mind for what this would accomplish? Texas is very, very big. We have 100,000 lawyers, and many of them feel very alone, and a lot of them are solos, and they can't just walk down the hall and ask another lawyer a question. And we wanted to give them the chance and the opportunity both to mentor other people and to be mentored. And that's pretty much what happens in the group. Sure. I don't know if you know, Rocky, but the State Bar has had a couple of um, social, quote-unquote, social media platforms specifically for the bar over the years. Um, and I think another part of the idea of doing it on Facebook is uh, that you want to go to where people are. And people were already on Facebook, whereas going to those other platforms, they were having to go to a separate place that they weren't necessarily used to going. And so I think Andrew's idea of doing it on Facebook was genius because so many lawyers were already on Facebook, were using Facebook on a daily basis. And that really fed the um, size of the group in a rapid way, I think. So when you say when you say you want to go where, where the lawyers were and you said Facebook, why not LinkedIn? I mean, there's lots of lawyers on LinkedIn as well. So what made you choose Facebook over other social media platforms? Facebook has a social uh, parameter to it that LinkedIn just does not have. And Facebook groups allow for uh, a more cohesive group to be uh, created uh, where conversation is more likely to occur. Okay, tell us more about that. Like, if you wouldn't mind, kind of let's let's dive into that a little bit more. What is it that Facebook has that other platforms don't? You know, how do you make a cohesive group out of Facebook that maybe you can't in other areas? LinkedIn, after Microsoft purchased them, they started trying more and more to imitate what Facebook does, but they're a little late because these groups have already been created and there's a bit of a moat now uh, preventing people from creating groups because people have already decided where they like to spend their time, uh, their brand loyal, so to speak. Uh, some of the functions are reactions, like that you can click that you like something or uh, that you can respond with an emoticon. People can uh, converse with each other and then have a reply to a comment, creating a conversation. That's just not as typical a thing, at least among lawyers on LinkedIn, as it is on Facebook. What about a platform like Reddit? You know, Reddit has different groups, different subreddits. You know, could could you possibly have done something there? It's possible, but Facebook is king. Facebook has two billion members plus. You know, uh, a lot of those are going to the attorneys, and I guess history has demonstrated that the attorneys, you know, if you built it, they will come. We built it in Facebook, and they've come. So, Michelle, when when Andrew talked to you about starting up this Facebook group, were you all in right away, or did you have reservations? Uh, I'll be honest, I had some reservations. I, I knew that one of the biggest um, challenges was going to be that in order to have the type of group that Andrew envisioned, someone was going to have to actually 
check people at the door, so to speak. And so someone, mostly Andrew, but occasionally Jason and I jump in, will actually go and check each person who applies to be in the group to make sure that they are a licensed, active Texas lawyer. And that is obviously quite time-consuming. And so I just, the sheer volume of it kind of overwhelmed me. And I just thought, who's going to do that? And it turns out the answer is Andrew. (laughs) I've checked about 12,000 profiles, at least, just for that one group. Probably more well, if you count the ones not let in. So Andrew's the bouncer. Yeah. You're the bouncer to the Facebook club. This is awesome. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. Yeah. And, and yeah, everyone like, no, no, heard about two or 3,000 gets a welcome notice. Oh, really? And so tell us about the welcome notice. What exactly is it written by you or is it? It's the bare bones. Facebook is all about writing the bare minimum and people seeing it. There's no, like when I, when you write something, you don't get their header and you don't get their footer. It was, all of their signature block and everything. Sure. And, you know, this is confidential. It's just the words. Uh, and so, we, you know, in that same vein, uh, a welcome notice says, welcome to Texas Lawyers Group, you are admitted. Or welcome to Texas Lawyers Group, so-and-so invited you, welcome. You know, just like, just enough to give them a, a familiarity with why they ended up there. Sometimes they chose to end up there. Uh, sometimes someone invited them. But they still now have to affirmatively accept. No one can just put them in there. Well, I guess what I'm wondering is, in your welcome notice or in any other notification, do you have do you have like rules for the group? Do you say, look, you can post about this, you can't post about that. You know, here's what's okay, here's what's not. The rules are posted to the group. Uh, these are lawyers. Those that actually want to see the group's rules can look them up in the file section. We described that that's where it's located uh, in the about that, you know, a a brief description of the group that's found, you know, on the right column. So those few people that actually don't know how to comport themselves or are curious about some exception can go and look. But by and large, people just know to behave relatively professionally. I would hope that most lawyers would be professional. I guess my question is, you know, is it supposed to be just about you know, professional matters or, you know, have you noticed that lawyers get on the group and start sharing, sharing things about themselves personally, just to other lawyers, you know, saying something like, look, I, I was, I was up really late last night. Does anybody know a good coffee joint in wherever? I mean, is, is it, is it always about work or do, are some of the posts about non-work related items as well? Uh, every once in a while, Go ahead, Michelle. You want to talk about the oh, I was just going to say, we do have some leeway for personal stuff. We also have a separate group called the Texas Lawyers Lounge, where people can post personal stuff with impunity. Okay. So the idea is for tex- the Texas Lawyers Group to be mainly legal-related articles and discussion, but occasionally someone will post a little something and uh, more personal or less legal, and we'll let it slide just because it's interesting or fun or whatever. Or at least not inappropriate, I guess. Right, exactly. And we, and we also have a separate politics group where politics is discussed. So we try to keep uh, politics out of the main Texas lawyers group. So you've got the main group, you've got the lounge, you've got the politics section. Any other sort of subsections to this to the system you've created? There's practice area uh, groups as well. Uh, you can probably find one for any practice area now. 
There's oh, an estates group. There's many family lawyers groups. There's a bunch of criminal defense groups and so on. Oh, that's interesting. And so when you join when you join the Texas Lawyers Facebook group and you become a member of that, does that automatically get you access to the practice-specific groups in the lounge and the politics sections and so on and so forth? The answer is it kind of does, because uh, anyone running any of these groups, and we certainly run a bunch of them, but there are other people too, they get to see a notation from Facebook that these people are members of Texas lawyers. And that means they know that Andrew went and vetted them. Okay. How many members do you have now of, say, the the big Facebook group? We have over 12,000. Out of the 100,000 or so? Yes. Yes. Out out of the 103,000 some odd uh, attorneys located in Texas who are licensed, we have 12,000. So you've got, I mean... Again, roughly doing math. That means you've got about 12% of all the active lawyers who are Texas-licensed lawyers on this group. That's pretty crazy. That's that's amazing. That's that amazing. That is true. Wow. Did you expect it to take off like this, or was this kind of a pleasant surprise for you guys? It was not a pleasant surprise. It was a lot of hard work to invite people. But if we saw that a lot of people were inviting their colleagues. There was a period of time when you know, Facebook used to be kind of in the dark ages, you know, metaphorically speaking. Uh, but we're now in like the 20th century of Facebook. Uh, just over four years, we've had that much progress. So thousands and thousands of attorneys have come on and adapted themselves to this networking opportunity. So when you say we were in the dark ages, you mean we as a legal community, we're just not adapting and becoming open to Facebook the way perhaps we should. I wasn't saying that, but I would say that now that you bring it up, uh, <laughs> there was a point like like Michelle was talking about. There was this bar circle thing uh, that was just antiquated technology that it didn't really lend itself to human communication occurring all in a single page uh, without signature blocks uh, in, in instantaneously. It would generate emails between people, uh, oh. which is very disjointed conversation. So there was that functional, technical dark age. But then there's also people who were like afraid to be on Facebook, that it was a place where their clients get in trouble. And it took a little time for them to realize that in a closed group among just lawyers that has some regulation uh, from the administrators, that that could be a very effective place to talk about uh, everything from statutes to case scenarios. Okay, so that actually, you know, that brings up an interesting point. So there's State Bar Ethics Opinion 673. And I don't know if, have either one of you had an occasion to review that or be familiar with it? We both have. Okay, so for those that are unfamiliar, it basically asks the question that if you're in an online forum with a bunch of other lawyers, and you want to ask questions, what are the boundaries of that? And, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing in a very pithy fashion, but effectively it says, look, you know, you can talk about things in generalities, just don't, just don't discuss any statutes or any, I'm sorry, just don't discuss any facts or any details that might give away who your client is. Now, have you seen users on Facebook or in this group, you know, do anything that you think kind of skirts the boundaries of that rule or has everybody played pretty well within its boundaries? Really, with the thousands and thousands of posts, um, we've—it's extremely rare. Uh, you know, maybe five standard deviations over rare for somebody to post something that they didn't mean to post, mm. um, and they quickly will remove it when they realize it's just—it's 
Nobody says, you know, we found the, the knife that the prosecutor couldn't find and it was somebody else and we're going to crack the case tomorrow. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. Normally, people ask scenarios that are relatively common. You know, uh, the mom was supposed to return the baby. The mom didn't show up. She went to Canada. What do I do? That mm. happens to family lawyers probably once or twice a month, you know? Right, right. So, so far, 673 has not been, it's, it's not been a, a problematic issue for anybody on the group, sounds like. It really isn't. I mean, I think most lawyers know that they shouldn't disclose privileged information in a in a Facebook group, even though it is a closed lawyer group. Sure. Um, so people are pretty careful to just divulge whatever uh, information that they can in order to get the help they need. So just switching gears slightly, you know, Michelle, I think maybe it was you earlier who talked about the networking benefits of, of Facebook versus, you know, LinkedIn. I think most professionals already understand that. But specifically Facebook, what got you interested in becoming active, professionally active on Facebook? And what have you found to be maybe one of the, one of the benefits of being part of this Texas Lawyers Facebook group? Well, I mean, for me, it very much was what we talked about earlier, which is that's where I happen to be. I, I love Facebook. I happen to love the minutia of people's lives, and I think it's fascinating in general. So I was already there. I was already checking it. And when the group started, it just was a it was an easy transition for me. And because I'm on there, because I'm an administrator, I see pretty much every post that gets posted in the group, which, as you can imagine, is quite a bit. And so uh, there's a lot of requests for, hey, does anyone know a great family lawyer in Austin or a great personal injury lawyer in Houston? And so that kind of networking goes on literally on a daily basis in the group. And I've definitely gotten cases that way, without a doubt. I think because I'm on there all the time, I throw my hat in the ring for all the medical malpractice and personal injury cases. And I've noticed that people who don't know me have started suggesting me because they see my name associated with that practice area on a regular basis in the group. Are these people that you've never really met in person or did you already know them and now they're, you're just coming top of mind now that they see your name on Facebook? People I've never met ever in person. Wow. Because, you know, a lot of times when when lawyers are referring matters, they'll say, well, look, I want to know who this other lawyer is because at the end of the day, it's my reputation that I'm putting on the line when I give a referral. But yet pe- people are now doing this sight unseen with people that they have an online relationship with. Is that... Is it just me, or is is that just downright fascinating that that, that lawyers are you know I mean it's it sounds like we're kind of embracing this this new normal. Am I am I reading that wrong? I think social media is the new normal. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who make friends on social media, and then they meet in real life later and sort of solidify that friendship in real life. But that is that kind of is the new normal for this generation. I think. I think we're the old geezers who imagine meeting people in person first, but that that is definitely not the case anymore, I don't think. I mean, think about dating. How many people do you know who are dating that insist that they must first meet somebody to go on a date with them in person? Not true. Hardly Everybody is online dating. It's the same yeah. thing. Right. Now, let's talk a little bit about surprises. You know, so, Andrew, I think you said, you know, you had you had a vision for when you started this. For either one of you, have you found any any big surprises, things you didn't expect to happen 
that have kind of come to fruition as a result of this group? Well, the following of the group is more than anticipated. Grateful for it. Um, it speaks to the quality of the communications that are presented there, uh, that it meets people's interest levels. Uh, we hadn't expected that it would grow. See, here's the thing. Back when we first started, there were no lawyer groups that had more than 1,500 people. So when we passed 1,500 and then we passed 2,000 then we passed 3,000, we were breaking new ground at that point. Now we're at 12,000. Uh, you know, the, the State Bar of Texas recognizes us as a bar association. People associate with respect to Nexus, that Nexus Voluntary Bar Association in Texas. We didn't anticipate that. We're very grateful, but nobody set out to create that. Michelle, how about you? It has absolutely exceeded my expectations. I, I really, I am very pleasantly surprised at how big the group is, how active the group is, what goes on there, um, the types of mentoring that we're seeing. It's absolutely fantastic, I think. It's an incredible resource for young lawyers, solo practitioners, like Andrew said, I've been really wowed by what the group has accomplished, and I'm and I'm excited to see what it accomplishes in the future. Well, and, and that's that's an interesting question because what happens now? So it sounds like it sounds like in the beginning it was a whole heck of a lot of work, but it sounds like it's still quite a bit of work for for all three of you. What's your goal in terms of where this group ought to go, and what you want to see it accomplish, and why you keep pouring your blood, sweat, and tears into it? For me, it's. It's giving back, and it's very rewarding to see the types of mentoring, like I said, and and posts that we see in the group. Um, It's just like being a bar leader or or serving on the bar board. It's another way of giving back to the legal community and making connections with other lawyers that you might not otherwise connect with. And Andrew, how about you? I have a theory that because people can come in and ask questions about what they do not necessarily know or what is new to them, Number one, you're getting a lot of mentorship, as Michelle mentioned before. But number two, those who might be in over their head will hopefully come to realize they're in over their head based on the responses they're getting. And some of the responses will be private responses via personal message. So people might be a little bit more forthcoming of their opinion of how much you may have uh, possibly made a mistake in in taking on a matter or going Mm -hmm. a certain route with that matter. So either the attorney who did that might change their strategy or they may co-counsel or just refer the thing out. And in the grand scheme of things, I believe what we're going to see uh, is fewer disciplinary complaints because the matters were handled more effectively. We also see a lot of emotional support going on in the group. There are a lot of, well, I wouldn't say there's a lot, but we've seen posts where Someone will say something sort of venting about a client who died or just sad things related to their clients that are, they're having a hard time about. And there's a lot of support and outpouring of support from the other lawyers. And I think that is invaluable in this context because, again, this person is, can be sitting in their office. They don't have to go anywhere and they can get the support they need immediately. And I, and I think that is something that lawyers very much need. There's a lot of mental health problems in the legal community and having that support right there 24 seven, I think is something that the group provides. Um, 
and it's very heartwarming to see. And and that that is a very very important function, Michelle, that you just mentioned. And certainly on this podcast, we have we have talked about it before. And so it you know we cannot emphasize enough just how important it is for lawyers to seek help from from other lawyers, from TLAP, any place they can go to 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 get the support that they need. You know, it's it's interesting that you're talking about people getting emotional support even on a public forum because you know a lot of times when people are are dealing with grief or they're dealing with you know addiction issues or whatever might be troubling them talking about it publicly seems to be the last thing that a lot of them want to do but it sounds like this group is allowing them a semi public forum for discussing these issues is that is that something fairly new you know in in this in this area or are people talking about it fairly free you know fairly freely about what's troubling them well, people is relative. We have 12,000 and a handful will open up about things, you know, that you might think they, that people used to not open up about. Sure. But then you'll see many of the 12,000 responding and speaking to their own uh, experiences. Uh, we've had uh, posts about, you know, horrific tragedy, uh, a, a client who killed, you know, her own child after losing custody. Oh, wow. You know, that's extraordinary. It's horrible. Wow. Absolutely. Um, and people just need to vent and, and people not only need to vent, they want to help the other person because they've been there where something bad happened and they may have not had a, a group like this or a support network. And then this, this provides them some means of finding other people who understand what they're going through, which that, that's, that sounds like a very, very important function for, for a lot of lawyers, I would imagine. Now, Let's, if you could walk us through, say, say we've got, let's say we've got somebody and I'm asking for a friend, not me, maybe me. I don't know. Maybe it's a friend, but let's say we got somebody who's not on Facebook. All right. So yeah, full disclosure, I am not on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook profile. And let's say I wanted to join the Texas lawyers Facebook group. So I go in and I set up a Facebook profile. Now let's talk for a second about the mechanics for somebody who's new to this. If I set up a Facebook profile, does that mean that I now have to I have to reach out to old high school friends and I have to, you know, post about, you know, what I did on my Saturday or how do I how do I keep my privacy and keep my anonymity while still joining the Texas Lawyers Facebook group? Can you guys walk us through that? Sure. You don't have to have anything that indicates who you are beyond some kind of reasonably sounding name. Okay? Okay. It, it's rare that people use pseudonyms, but when they do, um, provided the pseudonym sounds like a normal person and it's not, you know, some uh, fire alarm. We wouldn't accept someone named fire alarm, but we would accept someone named John Jones. Right. But they have to give their bar number, and I'm going to call them individually and speak mm-hmm. with them and make sure that they're the one that controls that account and that it's really them and that they applied. Got it. And okay. we're going to have a correspondence and, and some proof. And there is so, a way to lock down your profile in Facebook so other people can't see it. And okay. other people, so, I mean, people in the group, once you join the group, would be able to see who you are. But if you're worried about, you know, some stalker finding you or something, then there are ways to make it very difficult for you to find some, someone in the group. Um, I'm sorry, in Facebook. So, Andrew, if you see, if you see a profile come up for, for Johnny Dangerously, that's me. That's, that's my pseudonym. <laughs> Hope it's appropriate enough. So, 
I'm, I'm like Austin Powers. There was an application from, I believe, your producer today, and it was denied because we couldn't find him in the Texas Bar Registry. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to have to work on this. We're going to have to actually have to work on this. Now, let's talk for a second about those who, who might want to join this. Maybe they have questions. What's a good way for them to reach out to you guys? If they're not on Facebook. <laughs> it's so easy to join Facebook that people, the easiest thing to do is to have a Facebook account and then click to join or send a private message. What's this Facebook thing? I'm sorry, what, what is this Texas lawyers thing? And then you send them a link and explain how to do it. There are some, uh, we'll call them senior attorneys who are not very familiar with modern technology. Sure. Uh, where, you know, I talk to them on the phone, do a little bit of explanation and, and they get it. And a lot of them participate. Andrew and I do accept phone calls from people who don't know how to use Facebook. Rocky. Oh, good. Well, in that case, would you guys mind giving us giving us good contact information for for anybody who's listening might be interested in joining? What's a good way to get a hold of you outside of Facebook? Phone, email, whichever. Okay, so Michelle Chang, my phone number is five one two four seven six four three four six, and my email is m chang. That's c h e n g at nationaltriallaw.com. That is a great, great website address. Okay, so that that plug aside, Andrew, how about you? Well, you can call me at 713-MEDIATOR. Uh, that's 633-4286. Or you can email me at andrew at 713thedigitsmediator.com. And, and guys, before we wrap up, I had one last question just occurred to me. You know, one of the things that's been in the news a lot lately about Facebook is privacy concerns and, you know, monitoring and hacking and all this type of thing. You know, has, has there been any concern that you guys have come across about people saying, look, is Facebook monitoring our exchanges and can they learn things about our practices or about, you know, the issues we're facing and use that in some way? Is that, is that a concern that's been aired or a concern that you guys think needs to be discussed? There's no question that Facebook does that because they look at all content to determine what information we want to see first. They're always triaging based on what we're talking about, our subject matter, to decide what gets our eyeballs. But at the end of the day, it's like when you're playing poker, okay? Only you can protect your cards from being lost when the dealer takes them. If you don't put a chip on top of your cards or hold them with your hand, you might lose them. The same is true with your private information. You can decide what you're willing to share and what you're not and keep it within what you believe to be reason. And so I guess, and, and especially if you're, if you're talking in the state bar, in the Texas Lawyers Facebook group, that especially holds, holds true for state bar ethics opinion 673. You got to be very careful what you post because others besides lawyers could be seeing it. So I guess it just, it all goes back to being careful and using discretion. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. The reality is the more open people are with their facts, the more they're going to get help, uh, and the more educational it will be. It's just, it's just really rare that somebody says something that's so unique and unusual and trade secretive that the other side just wouldn't have ever known it. Sure. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, guys, that is all the time we have for today, unfortunately. But I want to thank my guests, Michelle Chang and Andrew Tolchin, for joining us. You guys, You guys rock. And of course, I want to thank you for tuning in. By the way, this podcast is brought to you thanks to the generous support of LawPay. Yay, LawPay! If you like what you heard today, please rate and review us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, remember, life's a journey, folks. I'm Rocky Deer, signing off for now. 
If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. <laughs>